episode of the 288 football podcast uh recapping the division round of uh, the nfl playoffs my name is anthony and sitting right across from me via zoom as always is my pal de quincy hey man what's up not much man just recovering recovering from a wild weekend of oh. um exciting football action yes good football action <laughs> unlike unlike wild card weekend this was actually um a great slate of games and worth the wait. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, had to get through last week, but we got there and man, just, uh, like so much happened over the weekend with these games. Roger Goodell is somewhere like, you see, you love football. You see, ignore <laughs> what happened last week with those extra games. You see, right. you love it. Yeah. Uh, football. Um, I know you said, well, UFC, this weekend yeah. as well yeah ufc yeah. 270 that was yeah. uh it's not football related but you know it's uh it's sports it's something that happened it was it added into your wild weekend it did yeah. botchery and drinking and gambling and all those things that you don't <laughs> <Right>. do <laughs> exactly all right um since we're here for football let's start with the football so before we hopped on the podcast i asked anthony what was the biggest thing that happened this weekend and i'm going to ask you that question again what's the biggest thing what's the biggest story from this weekend slate of games and you're asking me again because i didn't know at the time mm-hmm. i still didn't know and i still kind of don't know but um oh man, i have I, a, guess, I have an answer i but guess i'm, I'm a okay. gentleman i'll let you go first <laughs> <laughs> um i think the biggest takeaway Man, this is it's still really tough, but I'm just going to say anyone because I think you can, I think they could all be at the top. But just to kick it off, let's start. I think the, let's say that the biggest, for me, let's say the take, take, biggest takeaway is uh, Rodgers and the Packers. Ding, ding, ding. That's where I was going. Because I mean, the question now becomes what the hell happens with Aaron Rodgers' career? Is he coming back to the Packers? Is he going to find another team? And we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I know the popular thing is to blame uh, Mike McCarthy for his playoff uh, failures, but this is what back-to-back years that they've lost at home. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time out three years that he's lost to the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. Right. Uh, so we like for everything that Aaron Rodgers does does in the um, regular season, uh, non COVID related, we we gotta look at his uh, his record in the playoffs and realize like it may be him. <laughs> like you you play this game, you only score ten points against you know a San Francisco team that's good, but still they are they had the. Would you say the worst starting quarterback situation of all eight teams in the playoffs? Of all eight teams left. Uh, 
Would you rather have Garoppolo or Tannehill? Garoppolo. Really? Yeah. Man, I think okay. So second worst, you say? Second worst. I'll All say right. second worst. Okay. All right, cause I think I probably say take Tannehill or Garoppolo. I think we've seen it at least. At least I've seen one good year out of Tannehill. I can't remember one good year from Garoppolo save my life right now. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But yeah, what do you think happens with um, Aaron Rodgers? Man, um, <clears throat> I don't think he retires. So I, I think agree. we can put that on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he's stuck, to be honest with you. I think in a normal, maybe five years ago, not in a normal, but maybe five years ago, he could have left and every team would have, most teams would have given up their, whoever their current starting quarterback was to get Aaron Rodgers. But I think he's 38 Still got some, but look, he's a, he's a, it's still a good 38 where he's still productive. He should win MVP this year. Pot, I mean, well, even that's for debate, but he, he is, you know, a leading candidate for MVP. So mm-hmm. he can still go. Um, but I think the quarterback situation across the league has gotten better. If you look at all the quarterbacks, except Garoppolo, as, as you want to point out, um, Look at all the quarterbacks who were in the playoffs this year, like that have been in the playoffs like this year. This is, you know, this next crop of, of great quarterbacks has, has emerged and it's going to be tough to, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to get the right fit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sure. The bears would might give up on Justin Fields to get Aaron Rodgers, but is he the right fit for that team? Uh, because he's going to want to go. If he, if he leaves, he's going to want to go, to a team that can win right now. I don't think the Bears can win right now. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. So it's a matter of who's in a position who's in a position to win and who's who's one quarterback short from major contention. I don't I don't think there's a lot of teams out there left. Maybe Tennessee. I was, there are two teams in the playoffs that fit that condition. One Tennessee and the other one San Francisco. Right. <laughs> Do you want to go to the team that just beat you? Maybe, but um, but other than that, you're uh, San Francisco and Tennessee, and then you've limited your options for the most part. Because I don't think there's another Tom Brady situation where, you know, Tampa had a good crop of young receivers, uh, a good tight end, good running back, um, for him to just drop into that situation and go to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and win the Super Bowl. I don't see that being available at this time for Aaron Rodgers. So it's either you're going to look at San Francisco or Tennessee, or you're going to stand pat and just stay in Green Bay and, you know, play out the contract or um, just pray that they <laughs> will um, uh, get better with, signings and drafts and whatnot. Was another team that made the playoffs that we kind of dismissed, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if I'm if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm looking for a team that can make a playoff run, I, I'm looking at Tennessee first and foremost. Um, there's a good team. 
it's a weak division exactly. compared to every other division that, that I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be easier. You get that number one seed, you know, you go 13 and four and, and, you know, I just said, get the one seed, get home field advantage, but we've seen how that works in Aaron Rodgers' career. So <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. two nights ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't consider Pittsburgh just because it's not an easy division. Yeah. That's why I took that bad soon and saw that. I'm looking at the division. You have to deal with the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns. We got. I'm not giving the Browns any credit. I'm not this year. Y'all got to prove it to me. Right. But yeah, if you could, if you went to the Titans, I mean, the only team in the AFC South that be even a challenge is the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. And that really depends on how you feel about Carson Wentz. What about the Colts? I mean, that's that could be a situation where that's that's one of the few teams I think that has a quarterback that they would be willing to to get rid of right away, like a, an on the cusp team. Because Tennessee is clearly a playoff team; they're a good team, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they would give up Tannehill. But I think a, a team that was that didn't make the playoff fell short of the playoffs this year that might think they just need a, you know they're one quarterback short. I think they would give up on wins to get to go for Rogers. And here's, here's a, something that I mean, at least early on, nobody's talking about for like, for example, if he were to go to an Indianapolis playing in a dome like that, because don't they play inside indoors? Yes. Imagine how much better he might be if he's not playing against the elements, you know, like a green Bay um, or even Tennessee where, you know, it get cold and rainy out there. I mean, you know what? You convinced me. I think that probably be the best, the best situation from going to the um, Colts. Because I was trying to think, oh, what else do they have on their team? Because you think of Tennessee, the first thing you think about is, is uh, Derrick Henry. But um, sorry, Indianapolis has a good uh, running back um, who was in the MVP conversation. Who's uh, and his name escapes me right now. Let me look. Colts running back. And they have a good receiving core. I put in Colts, and the first thing that came up was Colt McCoy. Uh, let's see. They still have T.Y. Hitman, T.Y. Hilton. You Michael called Hitman him Jr. T.Y. Hil- Hitman? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, because I was looking at Michael Pittman Jr. and T.Y. Hilton at the same time. and it. Mm. And I think that um, if you go to a place like Indianapolis, for example, with like a dome, like a you know an indoor stadium, I think you could attract some, uh, you know, some good free agent receiving receivers. Uh, if Indianapolis has the means to to get it done, but yeah, because it looks like they need a number one receiver because. T.Y. Hilton looks well, except when he takes over the Texans. T.Y. Hilton's looks finished right now. Mm-hmm. Pittman Jr. is only 24. I mean, he, he's uh, how time flies. T.Y. Hilton is 32 years old. Oh boy. Right after Reggie Wayne left, he started killing the Texans. Mm-hmm. It was always good for a guaranteed 160 and two touchdowns. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. 
If he was on your fantasy team, those were two games you were guaranteed to win every time mm-hmm. you played against the Texans. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, do you think Green Bay, Green Bay rebuilds? Or do you think they just could try to continue on with their backup quarterback? I think they could try to continue to win up, win with the backup because it's still a winnable division. Is it? What's the guy's name? It's definitely not Kevin Love. What's his name? Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Oh. And Green Bay, you know, at least in the 30 years that I've been following football, have never gone without a a franchise quarterback. And if you've gone that long, I don't think you're about to start anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Because they went from Brett Favre right away to Aaron Rodgers. So they're going to do everything they can to either make Jordan Love a franchise quarterback and make sure he's successful or they, you know, they'll go get someone else. Yeah, I'm looking at the NFC North right now. If Roger leaves, who wins that division next year? Um, man, that's a good question. It might still be the Packers because it's hard to argue. I mean, they they still have a, you know pretty good defense and because the Lions are the Lions, they're still rebuilding. rebuilding. Mm-hmm. The Bears, until they get a new GM and head coach, you can't say for sure what they're going to do. And the Vikings, no matter what, they're still being quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins. And it's not like the Packers. Um, it's not like they blew out every team this year. Mm-hmm. They were in a lot of close games. More close games than than none. And uh, which means they've got a good defense. They lost the, they lost the game on Saturday, but they only gave up 10 po- or 13 points. So it's not like they got crushed or anything. Like their defense was overmatched, but. Um, but still, if I if I had told you on Friday that the Packers defense is only going to give up thirteen points to the Forty ers you'd have been like, "Oh, easy win." Right. I'm just saying. Assume if they're only giving up thirteen points, you automatically assume they're scoring at least twenty-one. Yeah, at home. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, we just need to look at Aaron Rodgers. I just – he's great in a regular season, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's just because he's outside in the cold in Green Bay and he'd be, he'd be able to handle himself um, you know, in a dome stadium. We'll have to see it first. But we both believe that this was his last year with the Packers, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I-, I was surprised he was back this year. Yeah, especially with all the hemming and hawing that was going on during the offseason. Um, they basically bend the knee and did everything that he wanted when it came to the roster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looked like it was working well. They made it all the way to number one seed. What, they finished 13 and four? 13 and four, yeah. Yeah, this new 17 games is really throwing me off. But, yeah. <laughs> and so it looked like it was working until it didn't. Mm-hmm. 
and give credit to the 49ers. You know, I've been the guy that said on this very podcast that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't that good. And um, who's that? Uh, Kyle Shanahan was just tricking y'all, but they went up to Green Bay. They won uh, a, a fierce football game in the frigid temperatures. So you got to give them some credit for that. So congratulations, 49ers, 49ers fans. I'll give you. Yeah. I mean, he didn't win the game, but he didn't blow the game either. Yeah. So if you can, you know, if, if you can manage that, then you're more times than not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, let's rank, let's rank the top four, top five destinations for Rogers. And I'll, I'll give them to you. Okay. Stay in green Bay. That's number five. Barely above retire. San Francisco. Keep going. They give me another ones. Tennessee. Tennessee is two. Indianapolis. One. And here's the, the fifth one that we didn't talk about. Uh-huh. New Orleans Saints. You know, I looked at them, but I was like, does he if Tom there's a lot of ifs going on, but if Tom Brady comes back, does he really want to battle? For the division title, like it seems like you just want to go to a team where you can you have a, a higher chance to just win the division and get that number one seed mm-hmm. instead of just be you know if you get in as a wild card that's good because at least you're in but if you can be at home be at home right the only difference is I think Brady is no longer um this unbeatable mythical creature that mm-hmm. even someone like Aaron Rodgers five years ago might have been apprehensive to go battle with in the same division. But I think, you know, it's a it's a, a year older Tom Brady. It's a Tom Brady that just lost in the playoffs. Um and it's a team that he beat this year that that Green Bay beat Tampa Bay, I believe. Getting, I might be getting ahead of myself, but I, I could have sworn that they beat Tampa this year. Uh, maybe they didn't even play him. You're here lying to me? <laughs> you know, let me uh, check. Uh, no, they did, they did not play this year. But look, uh, Tampa's a team that New Orleans beat this year. That's that's what I, that's who they beat. That's who they lost to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Tampa, even with Tom Brady now, is still not a, a, an unstoppable force. I think if you are going to go head-to-head with another quarterback in another division, um, instead of the almost surefire, easy path of the like the AFC South, I think you go to the NFC South. I think it's a, it's it's the the second easiest path below the AFC South. And I, that's that. That's going out on a limb, saying that considering as of now Brady is still in that division. So the only question I have about going to the Saints is, what are you going to get out of Michael Thomas? Oof, well, you, you got to hope for health. Because <laughs> he's if anything, you have to start with health. <laughs> yeah, he was out the is entire. He gonna be yeah, uh, the entire year with foot surgeries, and 
you know, it's just one of the things like you want that number one receiver. You want that guy that you can go to at any time, a la Cooper Cup and uh, Mike Evans. But, man, health is a factor. Mm-hmm. But, again, I think if you get Rodgers in a dome like New Orleans, then you might be able to, you know, convince a a decent or a, a good enough receiver to come with. And then you still got Alvin Kamara in the back in the backfield, who is a good, pretty good receiving running back as well. I mean, it's it, it would be an interesting, uh, you know, three-headed uh, lineup. You know, with, with if you add if you add a receiver, or if you know you're lucky enough and uh, what was what was his name again? The receiver, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, if he comes back healthy. Jason. Has anyone really gotten to the bottom of Taysom Hill's contract? <laughs> I'm just looking at the um the Saints depth chart, and I'm 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 gonna Google it real quick. But it's it seems like they made they has contract where it's like oh his contract is four years, 160 million. And you look at it, it's really a one year, ten million dollar deal. Hmm. Let's see. Hill recently signed a four-year, forty million dollar contract that could be worth up to ninety-four million based on incentives. What has he ever done to deserve forty million dollars? I have no idea. In fact, how many starts has Taysom Hill had in his career? I see a lot of games played. I don't see that many games started. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're paying that much money to a guy, don't you think he's your he's your um he's your number one? I mean, he's certainly getting paid like one. Yeah. People have also asked how many games has Taysom Hill started, which seems like I'm not the only person <laughs> worrying about. Really this. knows, yeah. So, I don't know, man. Let me see. Uh... But, yeah, um, New Orleans Saints, I probably put three. Uh, so, right now, my power rankings would go one, Indianapolis, two, Tennessee, three, New Orleans, four, San Francisco, and then Honestly, retirement five and then Green Bay six. No time with that. He has nine starts at quarterback. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Seven and two as a starter. But he's also played, he's also started at wide receiver a couple of times. It's a very, he's a very weird. It's a uh, weird situation. It's like they don't want to get to lose him, but no team is out there begging to get t- uh, Taysom Hill right. for that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what what next? What other game would you like to go to? 
Uh, man, let's let's just get into Kansas City and, and Buffalo because Woo. that was one of the best five minutes like <laughs> of regulation I've ever seen. Obviously, five minutes took about an hour in yeah. sports sports time, but yeah, yeah so probably took a combined three years off of every Bills and Chiefs fan's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question is, is, do we both agree Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now? It's hard to argue. It, it uh, really is. I was thinking, man, if, if, um, if Allen can pull it off, maybe there's a new contender. But um, look, when the chips are down, I don't think there's anybody else you would want in that position. Okay, so both agree. Patrick Holmes, number one. Can we say definitively that Josh Allen is number two now? Yes. Because I was watching the game, looking at that, and I'm like, I don't know if there's another quarterback that I would take in his place. Like, even you say Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers has the, the, the MVPs and numbers and all that. But if I need a quarterback to get 10 yards – like, is it strange for me to say I have more faith in Josh Allen doing it? Because if you send a rusher at Josh Allen and that dude weighs under 200 pounds, he's just going to bounce right off like a porcupine off 18 wheeler. Right. And look, you know, not since Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes now at this point, I, I can't think of another time where Rodgers marched his team down the field the way Allen did last last night on Sunday night you know, to get that lead with 13 seconds to go. Yeah, I know there are games he, – I know he's done it against the Cowboys and he had the Hail Mary against um, Detroit, but still, those are regular season games. It's been and a while Dallas since – Detroit. This is Kansas City. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm definitely taking Josh Allen over everybody but Patrick Mahomes. Like – he he's really shown me something in the past three years because when he first got drafted, I I'm, I'll admit it right here. I thought Buffalo made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I thought they overreached considering that he had never done anything in college to deserve such a high draft position. And then he had the one crazy COVID year where his like, uh, passing accuracy was over 70% because no one, you know, it's you see, like, oh, there's no one in the crowds, you know, it's easy, then it, it's it's fine. And then, like, he's he's just gotten better and better. Right. Like, the one thing he he needed to stop doing and that he has stopped doing is doing, you know, just crazy, nonsensical Josh Allen things where he does, oh, I don't know, throw the ball downfield 40 yards to a fullback that's double covered. It was incredible, just utterly incredible. Yeah, it's like once he cuts out those Josh Allen isms, just the bonehead of like, it's like, oh, this guy is one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen. Between mm-hmm. his legs and his arm, he's great. Yeah, it's a, it's, it really is a rare combination of his size and and athleticism at the quarterback position. It's like he's, he's. Probably based on his size, he's probably he has the potential to be better than Ben Roethlisberger, who won two Super Bowls mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah, as long as the Bills know what they're doing, um, roster wise, he should 
whatever team he's on is going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like this year, like this year they lost to the Chiefs before the AFC title game, but I can, I'm damn near ready to put them in the AFC title game next year. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. My turn for a question. Yes, sir. Unless we get a similar game next week between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes in the mm-hmm. AFC title game, is Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes the new or this generation's Brady versus Manning? Ooh. Is it, or is it too early? Or is it too early to count out Joe Burrow? Or is it too early to factor in Joe Burrow? I think it may be too early for Joe Burrow, but you know he he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a great quarterback. But we just had a discussion about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen being, you know, number one and number two quarterback wise in the NFL. I think that's our new uh, Manning Brady. Mm-hmm. I I think you're right. I mean, I think even if we hadn't agreed on them being one and two, I think those two guys going up against each other playing in the same conference, I think um, is, is definitely, it's definitely created that new rivalry, that new matchup, that new marquee matchup between quarterbacks. Yeah. And- Certainly certainly seem to bring out the best in both of each other, both of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, you know, the Chiefs are just a cheat code. Remember early in the season where they had that rough patch for four weeks and we, people were wondering if the defense had called to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid had lost his magic and Eric Bieniemy didn't know what he was doing. And now, and now... <laughs> The Chiefs are back in the AFC championship game. Guess who's back? Back again. Yeah. It, Mahomes to um, Kelsey or Mahomes, uh, Mahomes to mm-hmm. Hill. Just, it's not even fair. It's like, what, as a defense, what can you do against that? Yeah. And I was like, I hate to keep going back to this game, but I got to keep going back to this game. It, when everything goes wrong for the Chiefs, they can pull it out like they did a couple years ago against Houston in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like even again, they couldn't get they couldn't get Hill going. Um, Kelsey couldn't get it. They had turnovers, and then they turn around and still score fifty some points in that game. Yeah, insane. Hmm. And then to you know to tie the game with thirteen seconds. To go down 70, 75 yards, mm-hmm. it's not like they, you know, there was an onside kick attempt and you, you get the ball at midfield or, you know, you get a, a good run on, on, a, on a kickoff return or a penalty, you know, ensued to move you up the field. It was a touchback starting at the 25-yard line. 75 yards in 13 seconds is mm. unheard of. Yeah, you know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, we were watching the NBA and, you know, a, what, four or five years ago when the Warriors just go into a run. 
And it's yeah. like, oh, Thompson for three, Curry for three, Curry for with a 35 foot three. And it's like, well, I can turn this off because I know how this is going to end. <laughs> uh, boy. It's, it's like, there's no stopping these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just spectacular football, man. Just so, something I was watching it on my laptop, laying down. I was not expecting to see, to witness history like that, you know? Do you think that's the best game we're going to get these playoffs? Of course. <laughs> I, of course, man. I, I honestly don't see anybody doing that the rest of this year. I don't see anybody marching down the field with 13 seconds to tie the game. Um, I don't see anybody being down, uh, what was it? five points with two minutes to go marching downfield to, t- to take the lead with a touchdown the way Buffalo did. And then for them to tie it, you know, or they tied the game. That's right. They tied with, with, with time is expiring. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's how they moved the ball downfield. They tied and then went in overtime. And speaking of overtime, how do you feel about the overtime rules? Okay. So you got to remind me what's, what's going on with, Okay, how is it different from the regular season? It just keeps going on forever and ever. It, uh, the OT rules are the same. If um, if you go down the field and kick a field goal, then you, your opponent gets a chance to uh, kick a field to a score. They get the ball back, right? Right. But if you score a touchdown, is the game's over? On the first possession, the game's over. Yeah. So that that overtime rule is in effect. Regular and postseason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh man. Uh, and like, if you both kick a field goal, then the next team scores wins. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, and compared to college, where even if you score a touchdown, the opposing team gets the opportunity to score. Mm-hmm. So I've seen people complain about the overtime rules and. Um, uh, someone had a tweet like a couple years years ago. The Bills were like, like um, all the um, teams voted on whether or not to change the overtime rules, and the Bills were the only team that voted to change it. And then this happens to them. <laughs> or was it the Bills or the Chiefs? No, I think it was the Chiefs who voted to change it, and then they win this game. But what do you think? Are you a fan of uh, the current overtime rules, or would you like to? Uh, see them switch over to the college way or what? I'm not going to say I'm a fan of the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate saying this because it's Kansas City. I like Patrick Mahomes, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's well documented on this podcast okay. and our regular podcasts that are numbered mm-hmm. one through seven, 100 and however many we've done, 70 something. I don't like Kansas City. <laughs> I don't like their fans, especially their fans. This is the heel like- turn of the cinch. I don't like their dumb sports teams, their dumb sports mascots, their dumb sports stadiums. I don't like Kansas City. And we both know why. (laughs) Because they keep hurting Houston teams in the playoffs? No, no, no. Remember softball? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another time. But I don't like (laughs) Kansas City. But I, I don't. And it pains me to say it. 
I don't, uh, I don't have a reason. I don't, I don't have a, a strong enough reason to change that rule. I think your defense has to just play better. Defense wins championships, right? That's that's the you know the old saying. Defense wins championship. Defense gets paid too. Go out there and do your damn job. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with the overtime rules. I like them as they are. Now I'm sure if something happened to the Texans, you know, when in 2072 when they make it back to the playoffs and they lose in overtime, I have a problem with it. From <laughs> wherever the hell I am, but you know, right now I'm, I'm fine with it. Just leave it as is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good too. Even though it benefits a team, I don't, or it benefits a fan base that I hate. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be petty and say that it needs to be changed just, you know, to spite that shitty fan base. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So proud of you being the bigger man right now. <laughs> um, anything else in this game? No, man. I, man, just um, what a game. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe it. All right. Where do you want to go next? Bengals, Titans, or Rams, Buccaneers? Let's let's talk about the Rams and Buccaneers because I think we can get through that a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't have too much to say about it. Um there was talk. Is this the end for Brady? Because I don't. I don't know if he's going to retire. I don't. I don't see him retiring after this. Me neither. I could see him giving him one more go. Uh, the biggest thing about this game to me was so Buccaneers. You're just not going to cover Cooper Cup at all. <laughs> I mean, the guy led the league in receiving. He he won the receiver triple crown. <laughs> like he was the best receiver in all of football this year. And it's like I don't understand. Like the last um, drive of the game, the Rams had the ball and literally drove all the way down for a field goal off of basically two Cooper Cup catches. Where like. I understand the first one, you know, your defender, he trips and he's not able to, to, um, to kill. But the second one, they, they put Cooper cup in the slot and they send a slot blitz. So they send a, uh, a corner blitz and the safety that's supposed to move over and cover a Cooper cup. He like gets shaded by his own defender. And so, Cooper comes able to just use that to just run down the field, catch like a 40 yard bomb and sell the field goal. It's like, I don't understand. I don't understand how teams have these coaches that miss such obvious things like that. Like you see the white boy who caught everything this year. Let's take <laughs> this. Let's double team him. So we don't, I don't understand why you send the blitz like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand it either, man. And it's not like it was the first time the cup has been in the slot. He's done that all year. It should be something like, okay, you want to call a blitz? That's fine. But if you, the second you see cup line up in the slot, you got to call off the blitz. Because mm-hmm. it's just nine times out of ten, it's not going to go your way. Yeah. But before that, it looked like the you know the Brady mystique, the Brady magic was back. He was he. <laughs> they had so those they had yeah. those crazy back to back plays where Brady 
got sacked and fumbled the ball and the Rams recovered. And then the very next play, the Rams are in shotgun. The Rams center snaps the ball. Um, Bradford isn't even looking. The ball bounces back like 20 yards and the Buccaneers recover. Recover. And, you know, when, some, when something like that happens and when it happens back-to-back, it's like, oh, well, obviously this is some of that Tom Brady voodoo that he's been carrying around for 20-some years. <laughs> and, you know, and it really looked away, you know. That was a very entertaining fourth quarter. Yeah, and at one point, I mean, I didn't even get to watch the game. I was following along, but at one mm-hmm. point, was the game 27-3? to Yes. At one point, that's insane. Yeah. It was 27 to three, and then the Buccaneers routed off 24 straight points to tie it at 27. Right. And, you know, you just have to. And then when the Rams got that the. That can happen anytime yeah. with, with Tom Brady. When the Rams got the ball back, I, there was only like 42, 43 seconds left. So I thought they were just going to kneel and go on to overtime. Nope. <laughs> Two passes to Cooper Cup later, we are going home. Mm hmm. So that it doesn't guarantee this this matchup next next week doesn't guarantee the Rams are going to win because when you have a twenty seven to three lead in the third quarter and then you basically I mean you blow it and you but you still win uh you know there things can be said like you know. You got to keep scoring. You have to keep scoring at all times because you just never know, you know, if this could happen again. Um, I mean, I think they'll. I, th- I do think they'll they'll win, but I don't think it's a lock that they'll win. Just after watching that score, you know, whittle away the way it did. Um, you know, this is the first time I think I've actually sat down and watched the Rams. And so, like, I knew they had Von Miller, but I didn't know they had Von Miller. Is that if that makes it? It's like you yeah. see Von Miller on uh, one side and then you see Aaron Dow on the other. You're like, oh, how, oh, so they're just going to sack the quarterback every other play. Okay, I see how this is going. Right. And then Jalen Ramsey, you know, he got beat deep for a touchdown by Mike Evans, but he's still one of the best corners in the league. Mm-hmm. And like you look at the Rams, it's like it's a team full of superstars. Like we talked, I talked about Cooper Cup, but the number two wide receiver is Odell Beckham Jr. On the field, yeah. Off the field, he's the number one wide receiver. I mean, he's he's the star. Oh, he's a star, but, but he's not number one. Cup is definitely number one. Yeah, yeah. No, on the field, Cup is, is your guy. But yeah, no, this is you know, it's L.A. Man, L.A. is. Like the Lakers and Dodgers before them, and the Rams back in the day of Eric Dickerson, you know, mm. LA is always going to be star studded. Yeah, that's like look at them. Like, don't we have a hard cap? How can you afford all these people? And then to top it off, they finally have a, you know, it, well, I don't want to say they finally because Jared Goff did play in the Super Bowl with the Rams mm-hmm. three or four years ago, but. They've got a guy, Matthew Stafford, that let's not talk about win it all. Let's not talk about that Rams Patriots Super Bowl. That might be the worst (laughs) Super Bowl of all time. Yeah. But Matthew Stafford 
Um, it was good. Yeah. Like, this was the Stafford that, you know, we saw at the beginning of the year that was in the MVP conversation. Is Matthew Stafford the second best quarterback uh, of the quarterbacks remaining? <sighs> no, because it goes Mahomes and Burrow. You put Burrow over Stafford. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. Okay. And poor Burrow. He got sacked nine times in that game. If you he wants that one. Uh yeah, let's go ahead. Because nine times, dude. <laughs> this was this is a very interesting game. This is the game that I watched the most, I think, because uh no no no, I, I didn't I still watch more of the, the Bills Chiefs game, but this is the game I watched second most this weekend. Mm-hmm. And the play from both quarterbacks was something to behold because it's like, I mean, ultimately Joe Burrow got it done, but uh, well, it, it's not, it's not necessarily on Joe Burrow, but his offensive line let him get sacked nine times. So Burrow could not, not get sacked mm-hmm. in this game. And Ryan Tannehill could not not throw interceptions all game. The guy threw like what four interceptions? Three, three, three interceptions in a playoff game. You're not nine times out of ten. You're not going to win that game. You know, it was very interesting to see how these two quarterbacks, you know, how they played in this game. Uh, but ultimately, Burrow was still the better quarterback, even though he got beat up. And man, he, you know, he got the job done and it was pretty cool. I mean, pretty wild to see. I'm looking at the stats and I'm looking at Joe Burrow's QBR, excuse me, 28.2. Ryan Tannehill, 10.4. <laughs> we talked about this um, during the game we were texting and, you know, when Cincinnati went up, I, I tell you, this is why I didn't fear Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It's like, for me personally, if if I'm going to believe in you or betting you or whatever to make it deep in the playoffs, you got to have a quarterback that I can trust. Uh, someone who has made plays in big moments, like even if it's not in the playoffs, if you've done the regular season, like Joe Burrow has done, like I can feel better about you. There's nothing about Ryan Tannehill that makes me feel confident about his ability to get a team deep in the playoffs. And it's no. it's you every once in a while you're going to need your quarterback to make that big play to step up. It doesn't matter what kind of team you have if it's all defense or you're running back heavy like Tennessee. Eventually, you're going to need your quarterback to make one play during the, your playoff run. And I. Never felt confident in Tannehill's ability to do that. Right. And and especially when, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of hype and a lot of, pro- probably a lot of foregone conclusions. And I texted you this on Saturday, but I wish we had talked about it last week on the mm-hmm. podcast because I didn't want it to seem like, oh, this guy. He's just making this up. I really wanted it documented. But all last week, I really was think, thinking to myself, don't be surprised if Cincinnati wins this game. I would not be surprised at all if, if they were to beat the number one seed. 
you know, momentum is, is always big, you know, and as much as the number one seed wants that extra week off that, you know, that guarantee that they're going to play deep into the playoffs, you know, it could still affect the team. Mm-hmm. And not only that, again, there was a lot of hype and a foregone conclusions. I think that Tennessee was going to win because Derrick Henry was coming back. Oh, you've got the best running back in football back, you know, just in time for the playoffs. Well, here's the thing. Derrick Henry hadn't played in what, two months? Damn near, yeah. Not a foregone conclusion that they're going to win because you got a guy that hasn't played in two months who, you know, probably is rusty, probably isn't going to be as effective as, as he was up until he got hurt. And everybody knows what your game is going to be after that. If, if everybody's excited that Derrick Henry is back, then everybody's going to know it's, we're going to pound the ball again. So you're, you're right. The quarterback has to be prepared to make at least one play to keep you in this game. Yeah. And unfortunately for Tennessee, Ryan Hill made three plays that kept uh, Cincinnati in the game. Yeah. And something else you didn't talk about, we talk about people being excited and, and, you know, picking Tennessee Titans and something that actually came true. The Cincinnati offensive line is terrible and it's been terrible all year and mm-hmm. it continued to be terrible in this game. Nine sacks. Oh, I, oof. <laughs> Thank God we they won because if I'm the quarterback, I get sacked nine times and we get blown out. I, I'm going to the general manager that right after the game, be like, yeah, you got to help me. Help me. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw all the quotes after the game from Tennessee Titan players. They're basically um, just trying to talk around the laws, explain what happened. And it's one of – you see you get the coach speak and the team talk where it's the cliches and nobody wants to just be honest and say, look, we did what we had to do. Our quarterback was just out there throwing the ball to the other team. Yeah. It's like – It's like, how, how do you not win this game when you sack the quarterback nine times? Let me tell you how. When your quarterback throws three interceptions, I mean, he completely negated everything that they did. Didn't they run one of those interceptions in for a touchdown? I believe they did. I oh, know. Let's see. Field goal, field goal, field goal. Joe Mixon touchdown. Field goal. Okay. Must be in. Uh, I got that confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking about that game between the um, Rams and the Cardinals where Tyler um, where Murray just threw the damn ball up to anybody and it got oh, returned for the touchdown. But... That was awful. One of the worst football play, one of the worst football plays I've seen in the last ten years. Mm-mm-mm. Not Tyler Murray, Kyler Murray. Mm. Um, I 
So let's talk about the championship. Yes. So in the NFC, we got the 49ers going up against the Rams. And the AFC, we got the Bengals going up against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Both the Rams and the Chiefs are obviously favored. So who you let me give just give me your pick. Give me your Super Bowl picks. Oh man. I like the story of Joe Burrow and those, you know, rose colored glasses that he wore in one of those press conferences. The cool Joe Burrow looking kid coming in and defeating the Goliath that is Kansas City and taking their team to the first Super Bowl since what? The eighties, I think. Since we were children, yes. Yeah, but it, it just—it's just not going to happen. I think it's a foregone conclusion, more so than it was Tennessee winning this game. I don't like to make guarantees like that, but it is very hard to to go against a guarantee that Kansas City is going to lose this game. So I got Kansas City winning. I think most people have Kansas City winning. If you're going to bet, hell, bet on the Bengals because they did pull the upset, then you could win a lot of money. Like, that'd be, it'd, you know, it'd be worth it. Like, why not? But, um, yeah, I, I think ultimately Kansas City's going to win. And then, man, this NFC title game, I don't know. I mean, I think, I'll just say, I think the they- consensus is also LA as well. Yeah, that's why they're both gambling favorites. Uh, for the AFC, for me, I gotta go Kansas City. In order to beat Kansas City, Cincinnati's offensive line would have to hold up long enough for them to score the points that they need to score to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, the, the Cincinnati defense did a great job picking up Ryan Tannehill three times. I don't think they're going to get that same opportunity. Um, this go around with Patrick Mahomes. No. Um, it just has a look of, you know, a 14, like a two score win. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then and then, <clears throat> on the AFC side, I got to take the Rams just for all those reasons I named earlier, all those superstars they have on that team. And yeah, I know the 49ers have this whole every man attitude, but superstars are superstars for a reason. They can do the things that us, us mere mortals can only dream of. Right. And I just feel like uh, Miller, Von Miller and. Um, oh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name on the defensive line. The Rams. Aaron Donald. Aaron thank you. Man, I don't know what it is. I can just see, I can picture people's faces because this happened at work a couple of days ago. I can picture people's faces, but their name just escapes me. And then I'm too bullheaded to just hop on Google and do a quick search for it. I got to do it from memory. And my memory shot the hell already. We already know that. But, but, but Miller and Miller and, um, uh, Donald just coming off the line, just making Gar- uh, Garoppolo's day a living hell. Like, I, 
like that's all I can see right now. So I I gotta take the Rams. I'm picking the Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean logic says clearly Rams and Chiefs. But I'm gonna say Ram uh Chiefs and 49ers, just so we can have something to talk about the next <laughs> Okay. All right, man. I won't get too I'm not gonna get crazy and say Chiefs mm. and or uh, Bengals and 49ers, but uh, Chiefs and, and do it, do it, embrace the chaos. <laughs> you if coward. Anything, just, if anything, I'll just put twenty bucks on both games and pick the underdogs. Right, you love you some other dogs, my friend. All right, we all done with the football. We're done with football. All right, so before we get out of here, you told me uh, off air you had a question to ask me. I want to know what this question is. Yeah, but I don't know if we should talk about it because I don't know if we'll have enough time to talk about it. We are winding down a little bit. Okay, we can we can talk about it in depth later if you want, mm-hmm. or, or you can get it done in a couple of minutes. That's cool to me. But it's my understanding because we didn't talk about it last time that you recently saw. Spider-Man: No Way Home. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. What were your What were your thoughts? Did you uh, I love the movie. It's crazy. I feel like we should just stop doubting okay. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, spo- sp- should I do a spoiler alert? Considering the movie's been out for already a month, like it's it's yeah. I think it's enough time. Yeah, so when Andrew Garfield and Tony McGuire walked through those portals, like it was crazy. Um, uh, I love that movie. They did just enough with the characters. Like it didn't like it had more villains than Spider Man Three, but it didn't feel bloated like that movie did. Right. Uh, well, I mean, it helped that they were all established, uh-huh. so you didn't really need to get a background story, like a background, you know. <laughs> Sandman falling in, or you know, uh, uh, what's his name? What was it? Flint Marco falling into that? You know, Ionizer, like he did in Spider Man Three. Um, you know, these characters were already established, so it's like it helped move the story along. That you know, we know who they are, we know what they're capable of, and let's move forward with the action. So yeah, you know, that's I, great I, redemption. I will say, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, do you finish? Do you want to roll with that? I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying it's a redemption story for uh, not only uh, um, Andrew Garfield, but also um, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Like, his Electro was uh, just a hundred times better than what it was in The Amazing Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Molina um, like, plays that character to perfection. Mm hmm. Like everyone talks about, and rightly so, talks about William Defoe as the Green Goblin, but Alfred Molina as Doc Ockus. Like he, when he has that moment on at the uh, Statue of Liberty, where he's talking to Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, and he's like, "Peter, you're all grown up." He's like, "Yes, I am." It's like it's a moment of pride for him mm-hmm. as when he has his mind right. And it's like, oh, that's just like. You're still doing good. I'm trying to, Doc. And it's like, oh man, the man 
Doc uh, Doc Ock would have been if those tentacles wouldn't have taken over. It's like he'd have been a good man. And honestly, like, <laughs> I really would love to see more of those other dimensions. Like, mm-hmm. see what happens when those people go back to their own spider worlds. Um, but yeah, I it was great. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And all, like, and all you people that complain about Spider Man being Iron Man Junior, are you happy now? You got broke Spider Man. Why you want your superheroes to be broke just like you? I'll never understand. But congratulations. <laughs> right. Oh, we got the classic suit. Love that. Yes, definitely. And you know what? I won't. There is one spoiler that I won't spoil. Or one thing I won't spoil because uh, I think it was a foregone conclusion that you were going to get those two Spider-Men mm-hmm. back. So nobody should really be completely surprised. But I'll tell you, there was a cameo five minutes into the movie that I won't spoil that I was not expecting. And I don't think anybody else was expecting. And I was that was when I fanboyed out. Five minutes into the movie, I'm trying to think, what scene was it? Uh, man, it was like I don't remember what scene. I'll text you. Okay. Yeah, it was a great movie. Now, I know Marvel minds like Twitter for ideas. So I know they're seeing people talking about Amazing Spider-Man 3, and they're like, well, if you want to, you know. Because it sounds like there's nothing you can't do. Like, I would love to see. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Between him appearing in the movie and... um uh oh boy showing up on hawkeye <laughs> yeah you're giving it away at this point <laughs> yeah they'll figure it out yeah, yeah they will it's okay yeah <laughs> that was great um like one of my things i'd like to see if um they were able to get both toby mcguire and chris dunce back and do like a, a spider-man four, like showing them being parents of mayday parker mm-hmm who's a spider girl and you know they could show you know if what was so one thing they could do is like uh because they're making a craven movie right so what they could do is make cravens um basically set the craven movie and the amazing spider-man universe and showing him just like the movie taking place while Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was gone and seeing him like trying to take over like I can't remember what storyline is it but it's like there's a storyline where Craven tries to be a better Spider-Man than Spider-Man and so you could have him doing that and then at the end of the movie just have Andrew Garfield come back as you know a softer Spider-Man because you know in that movie he said like after Gwen died he stopped pulling his punches so maybe you get that wisecracking Spider-Man back because the dirty secret about those Spider-Man movies is that um, 
Garfield was the perfect Spider-Man. It's just the script just sabotaged him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, more and more, I, you know, especially after this one, I was like, okay, I, I could give this another shot. Like if you give him another shot and and you have Marvel's helping hand, like they did with Venom, and I really think it could take off. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he deserves another shot. It's not his fault that people behind the scenes were giving him crap to work with. He did right. the best he could with what he was given. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All these people got lives and other things to do. I'm not sure. You know, I say that, but then that Disney bag starts to talk and people come back. We saw it in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and speaking of movies, have you seen all the crazy rumors for the uh, um, Multiverse of Madness cameos? I have, yeah. Uh, if we if we get... Um, uh, Tom Cruise as Tony Stark. I might just leave the theater. That was <laughs> crazy. Uh, it'd be too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, loved the movie. My son loved it too. Um, 10 out of 10, five stars. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. He's older right now. We went to go see Sing 2. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Loved it. Another, this is a great movie. Cool. Very cool. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to make a Sing 3. And I checked the box office and it's made over $240 million in the pandemic. I'm like, oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Glad mm-hmm. we got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or it got too far, you know, past us. Too far. Yeah, past us. Excuse me. And now we gotta wait two more months for Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. You saw a trailer, right? I did. Yeah. All right. Looks good. Looks cool. That's like, just I just give Disney the benefit of the doubt. They've got the resources. Yeah. They've got the material and the resources, so shouldn't not be good. I would say the last bad, well, quote, bad for Disney movie was what, Thor 2? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people hated it so much they went through and completely fixed it in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. That still might be a top five single Disney movie for me. That is a great one for sure. <laughs> This is not the Disney podcast. Let's get out of all that. <laughs> we will be here another two hours. It must we'll leave be, it on that note. Yeah, we'll praising our Lord and Master, Sir Disney. Sir Mickey. Sir Mickey. I bow to thee. No one turns down the mouse. No. That's why I still got Disney Plus. You turn off the Marvel stuff and oh, Star Wars. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of which, I gotta catch up on The Mandalorian. I'm finished last season. Book of Boba Fett got finished, and then jumping over to DC, the new Peacemaker show. Oh yeah, need that. Oh, All right, catch up. 
yeah, a lot of catch up. So let's get up out of here. We're doing a lot of talking. Um, our next podcast will be Wednesday. So, right? Yeah, you want to do Wednesday because the World Rumble is this Thursday. And you know, for the World Rumble, I actually do some work and write out a script. We'll be prepared. Should be better than oh, WWE scripts <laughs> recently. No comment because Vince is always listening. Right. All right, let's get out of here, Anthony. It's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Same here, absolutely. And uh, thank all you guys for listening, downloading, subscribing, sharing. We appreciate you all more than you can ever know. For Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Later.